This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in Counselor Education and Supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Caitlin Marie Armstrong? In May of 2022, 34-year-old Caitlin Marie Armstrong lived in Austin, Texas. She was a real estate agent and yoga teacher. Caitlin was involved in a romantic relationship with a 35-year-old professional cyclist named Colin Strickland. The couple had been together for three years, but they separated for one or two weeks in October of 2021. During this window of time, Colin had a romantic relationship with another professional cyclist named Anna Mariah Wilson, who went by the name Mariah or Mo. She lived in San Francisco. On May 10, 25-year-old Mariah flew to Austin for a bicycle race that was taking place in Heiko, Texas, a city that's about two and a half hours north of Austin. Mariah was picked up at the airport by a friend of hers and was staying at that friend's residence on Maple Avenue in Austin. The residence was an apartment over the garage of a house. Now moving to the timeline of the crime. On May 11, 2022, at about 9.56 p.m., the police responded to the friend's residence after the friend called 911. There they found Mariah Wilson on the floor of the residence. She had been shot several times. Mariah was pronounced dead at 10.10 p.m. Here's what the police uncovered during their investigation. Spent 9mm cases were on the floor near Mariah's body. Mariah Wilson's bicycle was found in thick bamboo about 68 feet away from the residence. Mariah had told her friend that she was going to go swimming with Colin Strickland. According to data from an electronic lock, Mariah left at 5.55 p.m. and returned to the residence at 8.36 p.m. A surveillance camera mounted on a nearby residence captured a dark-colored SUV driving past the residence at 8.37 p.m. It slowed down and appeared to come to a stop directly next to the residence. The vehicle had a bicycle rack mounted on a trailer hitch, a luggage rack mounted on the roof, and chrome around the windows. The police found a 2012 Jeep Grand Cherokee with those same features at the address occupied by Caitlin Armstrong and Colin Strickland. The police spoke to Colin. He told them that he had briefly dated Moriah Wilson. He made it sound as though Caitlin wasn't too happy about this relationship with Moriah. Caitlin blocked Moriah's number in Colin's phone, which prompted Colin to change Moriah's name in his phone and delete text messages from Moriah. Colin said that he picked up Moriah on his motorcycle at about 5.45 p.m., which is close to the time indicated by the electronic lock. They went to a pool located in Austin and then ate dinner. After this, he dropped Mariah off at the Maple Avenue residence and drove away without going in. He stopped his motorcycle and sent a text message to Caitlin at 8.36 p.m. The message read, Hey, are you out? I went to drop some flowers for Allison at her son's house up north and my phone died. Heading home unless you have another food suggestion. Colin admitted to the police that he lied to Caitlin to conceal the fact that he had been with Moriah. 
I don't know if Colin is actually good at riding a bicycle, but he sure knows how to backpedal. Colin arrived back at his residence and sent another text message at 9.21 p.m. He said that Caitlin pulled up in the 2012 Jeep Grand Cherokee a few minutes later. Colin told the police that Mariah may have been the best female cyclist in the entire world. He described Caitlin as a participant in bicycle races, whereas he described himself as a racer. In the past, he told Caitlin that she didn't need to ride with him because she held him back. He said that between December 2021 and January 2022, he purchased two pistols, one for him and one for Caitlin. The pistol for Caitlin was a Sig Sauer P365. This semi-automatic pistol is chambered in 9mm. It is designed for concealed carry and is typically used in conjunction with a 10 or 12 round magazine. The designation P365 is because it's designed to be carried 365 days a year. As it turns out, Caitlin already had a warrant out for her arrest for something unrelated. She was placed under arrest, but then the police discovered that the warrant was not valid. Caitlin was informed that she was free to leave. She proceeded to answer a few questions anyway. She said that Colin told her that a woman in the cycling community had passed away. She made it seem as if that's all she knew about the situation. The police showed her the video of the Jeep Grand Cherokee in front of the residence where Mariah was staying. Caitlin offered no explanations and did not appear to deny what the police were suggesting. When confronted with the fact that Colin went out with Mariah on May 11, Caitlin said she didn't have any idea that Colin saw Mariah recently. Caitlin nodded her head when a detective suggested that maybe she was upset and just happened to be in the area. She also nodded her head when the police talked about how Colin's statements combined with the video of her vehicle did not make things look too good for her. At this point, Caitlin requested to leave and was permitted to do so. The interview was terminated. On May 13, the police contacted a friend of Mariah's who said that Mariah and Colin had an on-again, off-again relationship, which of course is different than how Colin characterized it. The friend said that Caitlin had warned Mariah that she, meaning Caitlin, was Colin's partner and that Mariah needed to stay away from him. On May 14, the police received an anonymous call from someone who claimed that Caitlin discovered the relationship between Colin and Mariah in January of 2022. According to the caller, Caitlin became furious and was shaking in anger. She said that she was so angry she wanted to kill Mariah, and she mentioned the purchase of the firearm. As the investigation was going on, Caitlin was staying busy. On May 13, Caitlin sold her Jeep Grand Cherokee to a CarMax dealership for $12,200. On May 14, she boarded a flight from Austin to Houston. She then took a flight to LaGuardia Airport in New York City. On May 18, which was one day after a warrant was issued for her arrest, she was spotted at Newark Liberty International Airport in New Jersey. She used a fraudulent passport to board a flight to Costa Rica. She was captured there on June 29, 2022. At the time making this video, she is still facing the charge of first-degree murder. Now moving to my analysis. Was Caitlin Armstrong responsible for the murder of Mariah Wilson? She maintains the presumption of innocence, but clearly the state believes that she was guilty. 
Let's take a look at the evidence both for and against the idea that Caitlin was guilty. It's worth noting that this case is in the early stages, so more evidence may become available later. I will start with the inculpatory evidence. Colin Strickland appeared to be having some type of relationship with Moriah Wilson. He had been making efforts to keep Caitlin from finding out. This supplied Caitlin with a motive to commit homicide. Caitlin allegedly made statements that she wanted to kill Moriah, although an anonymous caller is not a credible source. Moriah was shot multiple times with a 9mm pistol. Caitlin recently acquired a 9mm pistol. There are no reports of forced entry or anything being stolen. It appears as though the assailant specifically carried out the attack to kill Moriah. This makes the motive seem personal. Caitlin's vehicle, or one just like it, was captured on video at the residence where Mariah was staying right around the time she was killed. After being questioned by the police, Caitlin sold her vehicle, obtained a fraudulent passport, and decided to take a trip to Costa Rica. Colin Strickland has an alibi for the time when Mariah was killed. Video captured him on a motorcycle about eight miles away, just a few minutes after the earliest time the murder could have occurred. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. My name is Bill Huffman, and I am a former Cleveland News producer. And I am now the host of the podcast, Who Killed? I began the show focusing on the unsolved murder of Amy Mahalovic, and now each week I explore a different case with a focus on some of the victims who don't get the attention they deserve. I have a deep catalog of over 225 episodes, so there is a guarantee there will be something for you. Who Killed is an Evergreen Podcast, Killer Podcasts, and Slow Burn Media production. Subscribe today wherever you get your favorite shows. Moving to the exculpatory evidence, there are no witnesses to the murder, no video. Caitlin's pistol may not be the murder weapon. The police don't know for sure if it was. There is no physical evidence connecting Caitlin to the murder. No blood, no DNA, and no gunshot residue. When considering the evidence that's available right now, do I believe that Caitlin Armstrong is guilty? Yes. In my opinion, she is guilty in reality and guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Other than her vehicle being spotted where the murder occurred, it's very suspicious that she traveled to Costa Rica using a fraudulent passport, and that this trip was spontaneous. Now moving to my thoughts on a few items that stood out to me in this case. Item number one, how did Caitlin obtain a fraudulent passport? Even though she allegedly committed premeditated murder, one would think that she would have fled immediately if she had already purchased a fake passport. 
This makes it seem as though she purchased the fake passport afterward. I searched online for fraudulent passports, and apparently, they're fairly easy to get. They cost as little as $1,000, or as much as $15,000. Some of the websites say that the passports are for entertainment purposes only. That seems believable. Frequently, when people are bored, they say things like, let's go out and watch a movie, get dinner, and then grab some fake passports to really cap off a fun evening. Other websites say that whoever buys the passports must promise not to use them for anything illegal, which is curious considering that even possessing a fake passport is illegal. Maybe they mean the buyer must promise not to do anything else illegal. Item number two, the status of the relationship between Colin Strickland and Moriah Wilson is a bit murky. In January of 2022, Moriah Wilson sent a text message to Colin Strickland. Here's what she wrote. I corrected it for grammar just a little bit. Hey, I would like to talk to you at some point. I originally texted you on Friday, but it appears my texts are not going through again. This weekend was strange for me, and I just want to know what's going on. If you just want to be friends, which seems to be the case, then that's cool. But I would like to talk about it because, honestly, my mind has been going in circles, and I don't know what to think. Colin responded by suggesting that he felt badly for putting Mariah in a position where she didn't feel comfortable. It's almost like Mariah wasn't really sure what Colin was doing, like maybe he was sending mixed signals. I think it is reasonable to believe that he was doing something that violated the expectations of his relationship with Caitlin. After all, he lied to Caitlin and tried to disguise Mariah's communications. Which brings me to item number three. In romantic relationships, it is important to be honest. And looking back at all the love triangle murders that I have researched, honesty would have prevented almost all of them. When it comes to romance and sex, sometimes people want everything. They don't want to give up one lover to pursue another, so they start lying to everyone. They think that they can beat the system, like they are the only person in the world who thought of the idea of lying to their partner to have sex with another person. This is a dangerous game that rarely turns out like people expect. Which brings me to my final item, number four. What do I think happened in this case? This is just a theory, my opinion. I think that after Colin and Mariah had their brief encounter, the status of that relationship was never settled. Despite Colin disguising his contact with Mariah, Caitlin figured it out. Caitlin was threatened because Mariah was nine years younger and had interests which more closely aligned with Collins. For example, Mariah and Colin were both professional cyclists, whereas Caitlin was not as physically fit. At some point, Caitlin had enough, and rather than becoming a professional cyclist in order to compete for Colin's affection, she decided to eliminate the competition. Now moving to my final thoughts. Feelings of love and excitement can cloud judgment. Frequently, people who are in positions like Caitlin and Mariah were in this story forget that they have a number of romantic options available. It's easy to develop a focus on just one person and work to protect that relationship, even when it doesn't make sense to do so. They forget they are fighting for someone who's not even willing to be honest with them. They would never have accepted a person like that in the beginning of the relationship, but once it's established, there is the sense that they have invested too much to let it go. Sometimes it's better to simply cut one's losses and focus on finding a non-deceptive partner. After all, finding a new relationship is just like riding a bike. 
This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa Vita Brevis. Twenty-four hours ago, I found out the person I'd been dating and seeing for the last six months as a con man. That is my sister Emma. Andrew Tonks's lies had been so convincing, she'd invested $300,000 with him. However, the tables were about to turn on Andrew. What he didn't know was that Emma had discovered his real identity. But to get any chance of justice, Emma had to act like it was business as usual. Coming up in this series, and that's when murder, all this stuff goes through my mind. I'm really, really scared. I'm assuming Sarah has watched too much Netflix and figures I've been defrauding you. Couldn't be further from the truth. That's what this was, a real life story that seems so unbelievable, but it was actually true. A true story that all starts with one simple swipe to the right. I'm Sarah Ferris. And I'm Emma Ferris. And this is my story, Conning the Con.